Nuevo Life, a study of incarceration in the penal system and lessons learned. After all, what I was then, I am not now. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Nuevo Life, a radio podcast series of true life stories about incarceration, release, and the future, shall we say, Nuevo Life, a new beginning. My first three guests on this inaugural show are Cody Willingham. He's under standard probation with Ankle Monitor and was charged with domestic violence. We have Adrian Marquez, who is on an intense probation known as IPS, also with an ankle monitor charged with domestic violence. And Travis Moore, and a very interesting story with Travis, as you'll find out. But he's also in a position that is doing a lot of help and good for particular people who are going to be on this show of Nueva Life, and you're going to find out why. But first of all, Cody, welcome, mate. How you doing? You were born in uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, in 97. Uh, grew up in Richmond and Charlottesville. Was that a nice country? Yeah, it's nice out there. It's uh, different from out here. You get snow. You get uh, a little bit more wildlife. A lot of different people. The uh, the way people carry themselves is a lot different out there. Okay. You um, you actually brought up by your mom. Is that right? Yeah, just my mom and uh I had two brothers and a sister. What about your dad and and the other family? Uh, dad, dad was never there. He's kind of missing in action. Um, my other family, they were kind of, uh, we're just not as close as we should be. And and did you notice this when you were when you were young? Yeah, I noticed it when we were young. Yeah, did you feel a bit lonely perhaps with it? Uh, yeah, but uh. Like you said, I had my brothers and my sister. and You mainly associated the with them, didn't you? Two brothers, right? Yeah, at the time that was enough. Yeah, but uh, weren't they already adults? Yeah, they were older. I had a brother that was born in uh, 81, and I'm 97, so he was 16 by the time I was born. And then I had another one that was, uh, he's only four years older than me, so we were kind of close, not too far. Did you look up to these guys? Uh uh, not not my oldest brother, but my second oldest brother, kind of. He was my more of a role model than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you eventually came out to Arizona, which we're going to come back on a little bit later, and uh, that's what really started a different life. Adrian, hey, welcome. Hi. You, you, uh, Adrian, you grew up in the drug life, yes? Yes, sir. And how and what age were you introduced to drugs? Well, I was introduced to that since... Maybe when I was in junior high, right. I started seeing it, and then I would see my my family members doing it or selling it, and I just seen it in between my whole life. So you really my, you saw my, it, you my, saw it as a kid. Yeah, I've been seeing it. You know, what I'm saying grew up around it, going from Mexico to over here to the United States, and it just it's a whole different lifestyle out there. Were your parents drug addicts? No, sir. Okay, but you started selling drugs at what age? I started selling drugs. About 12, 13. It's pretty young, isn't it? Yeah. And you started carrying a gun at what age? About 13, 12. Now, let me understand. Uh, you're Hispanic? Yes, sir. And you were living in over the border? Yeah. Here and over there and over here. Over here. Were you legal here in America? Yes, I'm, I'm, from, I'm from Tucson, Arizona. Okay, originally. Okay, then. Now, your parents were Hispanic. So, did you have an opening per se to be able to just go back over the border get drugs? You saw there was a need for it here. 
Yeah. Right? People wanted it. Yeah, that's, this is where yeah. what he wants is where the money's at. Okay, but did you consider working? Well, I've always, I, I, I was, when I was junior high, I committed a, a mistake, you know what I'm saying? I had taken a gun to school and- So what happened to junior high? I ended up pistol whooping a kid in, in the restrooms and ended up getting caught for it and went to juvenile prison for a couple of years. Okay, so based here on what I'm reading, uh, three years? Three years, yeah. In juvenile prison. What gets me is, uh, did you really need the gun to get back at this guy? What did he do no, wrong that you wanted to he was bullying my friend and, okay. you know what I'm saying, and I had stuck up for my friend. But so, time, so you wanted to help your buddy young, out. I was and, still young, yeah. yeah. Just that mentality. I, you know what I'm saying? I used to play cops and robbers in the neighborhood, and it was oh. just my mentality. Okay. And you took the gun in, and uh, when you got a chance, you pistol whipped yeah, him, right? Yeah, pistol whipped him in the restroom. Did it uh, do a lot of damage to him? I didn't even get to see him. I just got scared and just walked into my classroom, and then the cops ended up walking in my classroom. And so he must have gone yeah, out and, and gone to the yeah, headmaster or whatever, and being a... Okay, so we're talking about selling drugs, right? Yeah. Uh, what type of drugs? Whatever I could get my hands on. And whatever people were asking whatever for, people, I guess. Yeah, whatever people want. Wasn't it a risk going back over the border back again? How did you do it? I would walk it through the desert. Wow, and never be stopped? I've gotten caught a couple of times. I got caught once and I got deported. They didn't know I was an American. And, uh -huh. but, and then the next time I got caught by the cops, just pulled over for regular reason they got me and they questioned me because they had taken my fingerprints immigration we're going to find out more about that because uh that would be pretty uh to me scary in its own right yeah and you got cartels to worry about too haven't you and other people well that's for the people i was working with there you are travis moore he lived with his mother father two older sisters what was it that happened when you were very young travis um i had a my dad was extremely abusive. Um, about two, two years old, I was getting beat already. Witnessing it, my mom. Two, two years of age, and yeah. he, uh, he, he's what knocking you around. Yeah, slapping yeah. you around, across the face, type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. When you were two. Two, yeah. That's pretty young, isn't it? Yeah. Did he used to beat your mom? He did, and my sisters. Uh, it got kind of bad. It got real bad, real fast too. Uh, I kind of. Always went on the defense and tried to help as best I could. Yeah, you know, I didn't blame you, sort of thing. I mean, you're watching your mom, and why? Why did he do it? Did he drink when he did this? Or? No, no. I, to be honest, the, the them type of people, I, I just, I don't know. I don't get it. They just, mm -hmm. just angry. Just angry. Yeah. Okay. Everybody near him. Um, you did whatever you could to stop him, really. I, You're I, just trying to be a good son, I guess. Yeah, I tried. Uh, there was times when they were in the bar and. I seen him dragging her across the floor by her hair, you know. And wow. So I would have to go run up and kick him and, and then run into my sisters and make sure that you right. know, they were okay, you know. Mm -hmm. And try and stop him. Yeah. I guess, um, well, I mean, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty brave thing you were trying to do. You know, it, it's, it seems to me that you got introduced to the violent world pretty early in life. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I, I, uh, I, I kind of made, I guess, a vow. I guess I just told myself that I would never let another man hurt me or my family, you know? So from there on, I, I was just, right. I was angry, you know? I was angry at every man, uh, any man that would come near me or my family. It was, it was I, 
I was fighting. You know? So the older you got, uh, the better you would have got then. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely, you, you learned young. Yeah, I definitely started fighting very young in um, in school, uh, elementary, junior high. I was kicked out of junior high and and uh, ended up doing time over this all. Uh, assaults, you know, it got yeah. worse and worse. Well, do you believe that uh, this lesson of anger mixed up in with the self-defense? You know, do you think it scarred your life right there when you were young? Or, you know, I mean, did it, other than prepare you for later on in life, how to fight, do you think that psychologically it didn't uh, really do you well, did it? Well, I mean, it didn't do me well, but um, I, I guess everything that I've been through, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I've been through it for a reason and it's gotten me to where I am, but it, I don't think it would scar me. I just, uh, it definitely prepared me to, you know, cause look after yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Look after myself. Well, your father was gone when you were six. Uh, your mom was working two jobs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you made a move. Where'd you move to? Um, we went, what they call it the white ghetto. I guess you can call it that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, I'd never heard of that uh, yeah, terminology yeah. before, the white ghetto. Yeah, right? it's a white ghetto. So it, it was a bad neighborhood, again, fighting. Um, she worked two jobs, so she, she, you know. Tried to do the right thing. Yeah, and I was out running amok. You know, I was just. You loved your mom? I did, very close to Didn't my Didn't you think you were hurting her? At, you know, at the, you, you get older and you start seeing that, that, that you know, the worse, the more things you do and, and the more trouble you get into, you don't really realize it, but you're affecting a lot of people, you mm -hmm. know. You well, are. particularly ones you love and who are yeah, close absolutely. to you. And you were obviously very close to your mom. Absolutely. Still am. Yeah, many fond memories, really, of just you and her growing up? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I played um, football, Pop Warner football. She was a team mom. I mean, there's... She was my sidekick, you know. That's she still is. I still, and I now take care of her. So okay, Cody mentioned before about uh, bullies. Um, you've got a story to tell about school bullies, right? I think it was second oh. grade. Yes. Oh yeah, I got bullies. Uh, I think that was a big part. I think it was your first fight at school, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was probably roughly second grade or so. Uh, um, again, I, I was witnessing what I witnessed when I was younger. I, I kind of. Uh, just would protect people. I think that's, that's where it came from. So it always, uh, like, if I seen somebody getting bullied, I would protect them and I would jump, but mine got physical, you know, right. every time. So second grade, I would I would beat people up, you know, all the way from second on up, you know, and it just got worse. Did you pick worse. them or did they pick you? What do you mean? To start these fights. So, so, so the, the, you know, it'd be times when my friends realized that I would, I would protect them, you know. I would, I would, I would be on their side, and sometimes they would start fights just to start fights. You know? Oh my God! Right. They, course, they could call on Travis. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he got worse. And of course, you know? this all started with you protecting your mom yeah, with all the stuff yeah. you learned young, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. As it goes around. What happened in the fifth grade, teacher? You told me something once there that I yeah, hadn't forgot. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, this is rather um, unique. <laughs> so I would, I would fight a lot. I mean, it was an everyday occurrence um, that. My finally, the principal and my teacher told me that if I would just like go a week or, you know, just try not to fight, just you'll get student in the month and we'll put your plaque up, you know, and you get to go to a lunch. And of course, it didn't happen. I still ended up fighting and um, they still gave me student of the month. They did. Uh, I think it was more of that like. Yeah. Uh, reinforcement. They they were okay. trying to okay, know, but you tried. Good job. Yeah. No, you weren't that. You weren't that. But when the, when you, were, I mean, did you think that sort of stuff was all crap? 
student of the month. And yeah, I mean, I wasn't really into school yeah. that much. Okay, uh, and what about lunch? That, that meant nothing getting a lunch? Yeah, really. A free lunch? Yeah, really didn't <laughs> at the time, yeah. How do you feel at the time that your teachers treated you like a bully? Were you angry? Um, yeah, because in my eyes I was protecting, um, you know, but some of my friends would take advantage of that, you know, because I was good at what I did. I, I fought and I fought well, so... So unfortunately for you, though, Travis, this fighting now turned into an assaults, correct? Yes. And um, did this force you to drop out of high school, junior high? Yeah, I was in there. I was in the first uh, first month of junior high, and and uh, I have, I was already in four fights, you know. So they had expelled me, kicked me out, and uh, the high school just to, wouldn't even allow me there. Anyways, junior high wouldn't allow me, so I just kind of went. I went on and just started fighting more right. and ended up turning into, you know, on probation and, and then you wouldn't go to school on, and that's a violation. Then you get into a fight and that's a violation. So it just kind of kept going and going and going. Let me, let me ask you this, if, if I may, do you, do you know that you had anger issues or was it more, you know, your teenage years, do you think? Uh, it, it was definitely my teenage years. Um, when I went to juvenile prison, which we'll talk about, they, they, it, I did a crossroads, which was an anger management. But up until then, I still I, I didn't think I had an issue. I didn't think that my father being the way he was affected me. You know, mm -hmm. I kind of put it to the side and didn't think about it. You know, and that's the problem is a lot of times I, I, I think that. Mm -hmm. Me and other people don't. We don't want to feel that feeling, so we just swipe it to the side and and. So you basically bottle up your emotions. Yeah, yeah, right? and then you, you don't talk about it. We sit out. During community service, I think you were fourteen. This is an incident yeah. where uh, a man was drunk and he was trying to go after your friend. Is that right? Yeah, we were, I was at community service. I was on probation, and um, he was a grown man, and he took a crowbar and tried to hit one of my buddies, and and it was. It turned south real bad. Uh, I ended up hitting him, knocking him on the ground, and just stood over him and beat him. And a bunch of cowboys from the Alano Club, the AA, they pulled me off of him, you know, and mm -hmm. I was covered in blood. And to me, that was normal, you know. That was that was the thing to do, and it and it it wasn't, you know. Even though he was in the wrong, I still feel, you know what I mean. Again, that, again, you jumped in as a defensive, yeah, defender. yeah, yeah, I did. But you couldn't stop perhaps when you were belting shit out of him what happened there I, yeah you just kind of I, I mean i laughed you just kept doing it huh? i just i yeah i just got angry this gave you a year in catalina mountain school youth prison right yeah i did a little over for a the year. assault right yeah. okay yeah. the arrests and the court case first time big dive in big league for you uh, well that big league yeah how did yeah. how did you feel about all of that uh, it was a little rough because, uh, you know, again, I, I wasn't away from my family um, this long. So so going to prison, at, you know, I was 15 or 16, um, just turning 16. It was kind of rough, you know. Uh, but again, my mom was there, stood by my side and, and, and was there all the time. Is that the uh, is that the big sentence? That came a little bit later, didn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, my my main sentence. That's We're going to find out about here. that a bit later because yeah. it goes, I tell you what, listening to this, uh, Cody and uh, Adrian, everybody's got different uh, stories to tell, I understand. You, um, you moved to Arizona in December, Cody, 2008 with your mom. Uh, your dad had taken off. She started talking to uh, this guy online, right, that she went to high school with. 
and they ended up starting a relationship. And uh, he was the guy then that did you like him? Did you get along well with him? I didn't really I didn't really know the guy honestly. Yeah, you he, were a bit uh, too young for that. He was her best friend's uh brother, her best friend's growing up older brother and they moved out here in like the 80s or something like that and my mom just kind of always kept in touch with uh, her friend and she always had like a little crush on him growing up so right. they ended up just changing numbers talking okay. and cool so it was good for your mom yeah really okay and that uh that started the move out to tucson but he yeah. moved you out here yeah we uh he flew out he flew out to charlottesville he helped us pack up where we were staying and then we drove a u-haul out here and you've told me that really this is where all your trouble started right when you moved to tucson how old were you again uh 11 11 years of age what do you mean and what do you call trouble uh for an 11 year old well before i moved out here i was already smoking weed and and just smoking cigarettes which is i mean you think about it now it's not really much but as a kid you know nine and ten that's kind of mm -hmm. a little much and then uh when i came out here I had already known about harder drugs, but uh, there's a lot more of them out here, so they kind of started floating around. And but you never saw this, uh, or never saw your mom do stuff like this. Uh, she kind of, she was she wouldn't do it like out in the open, open. She kind of kept it in her room and stuff like that. But if I were to walk in a room, she wasn't hiding it, you know. Right. Find paraphernalia. Right. What, just a bit of weed though, a bit of a smoke. Nah, she did harder she drugs. The harder drugs did. on that. So you were introduced yeah. to it at home, really, very early. Yeah. Okay, um, the drugs themselves then came around more and more, and you started to hang out with older people, is that right? Yeah. About what, why? Why did you do that? Because uh, well, I, I, well, I grew up with my older brother, so I kind of... Uh, so you felt, what, a little bit more I, respected? I kind of, uh, yeah, a bit cool to hang out with older people? Yeah, I already knew what, what, they, what they were about and whatever, and... I just felt like I was a little farther ahead than the, the people of my age at the time. They okay. weren't really where I was at. They were, you grew up a little too early. Yeah, I got They I were way behind. Fast, yeah. So uh, here we are, what, 11, 12, 13, you're popping pills? Uh, yeah, at 13, I, I took ecstasy for the first time. Ecstasy? Yeah, that, okay. was, that was pretty crazy. Uh, but how, did you, how did you get that stuff? I mean, were you at school? No, nah, I wasn't at school. I was, uh, I was at, by the Foothills Mall. Yeah, there. and uh, yeah, I had a couple older friends in there, and they were they were big into it. They were probably eighteen, nineteen at the time, and uh, they were big into like the rave scene, and that mm -hmm. that floats around a lot over there. So was it right? And what's perk? Like a Percocet. Okay, what does that do for you? Tear you back, man. Honestly, I make you. Started, honestly really mad yeah. stuff you went for that when you say the drugs came around more and more is this because you were hanging out with the older people yeah and what was it that you were hoping to gain though from this experience at that time do uh, you think just liked it i just liked living like that it wasn't uh it was a uh, it was appealing it was fun it was living fast and living young you know making the most out of it and i think a lot of guys do the yeah. Sitting with the uh, older crowd, they do it to 
look and feel better you know they're cooler they're mm-hmm. i feel like that's a big more accepted i mean I've done it. yeah 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 it's more accepted. was it the same for you i mean i didn't really hang around too many but i there was a times you know i started smoking at a young age and and it was because of older people you know and you want to be mm-hmm. cool you want to it's i guess peer pressure i don't know yeah you just kind of want to fit in i guess you are what you hang around yeah a, sen- like with, a sense of belonging right like with me it was almost the same type of lifestyle too because i grew up seeing my brothers and his friends and my dad so i started wanting to be like them i wanted to be better than them because i would think i'm younger i know i could do better than them. you know what i'm saying so that was my kind of lifestyle i wanted to be better than my dad my brothers and you want to be better in the negative in the negative yeah selling drugs making good money and I just want to have those nice cars and and you were what age when this hit home i mean were you dating any other young ladies oh or yeah i've had my wife since i got married when i was what 17. 17. 16, no, 18 i had barely turned 18 because that's when i had gotten out of that juvenile catalina prison really so huh? i had turned 18 and got my girl pregnant and her dad from mexico too so they oh you got my daughter pregnant you know what i'm saying and they didn't like me because i was a neighborhood thug from the streets right mm-hmm. there where mm-hmm. i live at, at least so what did he do what did he say what are you gonna do me. about it or what are you gonna marry my daughter is that what he said yeah that's exactly what he said so i didn't like at the at the at the time while well, she was pregnant so i didn't have no other choice i was still young and my like my family were there for me it's just that i don't know i guess it's just me i just never listened to them it's just i just wanted to do what i wanted to do did you um, plan to come back to the States uh, once you went back to Mexico? You were deported back to Mexico. Um, now, when that happens to someone, take take us through the steps, if you will. Um, what happened at the time before, you know, they caught you, uh, you got convicted, or, or then you're deported? What what happens in the chain of things there? What happened there is that that I was I, I went to go pick up some bales of marijuana out in the desert by the border. And I ended up getting them and everything. And all of a sudden, I was driving through the deserts. And then they, they the Black Hawks started chasing us. And I just started running. We they all, got Black we, Hawks? Yeah, we all jumped out of the, 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 the trucks and started running now, thinking we we're going to get away with them because we had camouflage clothes and everything. Mm-hmm. So we would run. So when you, what do you mean by that? You mean you'd hide in the bushes for a while? Yeah, we would hide in the bushes. Wait, thinking, wait till dark even yeah, if you had there, to. Because there was times that we would get away. You know okay. what I'm saying? But that one time I ended up getting caught, and you know what I'm saying? I was nervous. I'm an American citizen, so I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> Where are these bales coming from? You know, we're not feeding horses here, are we? No. I, I mean, when we talk about bales, bales, I mean, bales are Like huge. bales of marijuana, yeah. Yes, like, but there were bales of marijuana. At least 100 pounds each, 50 pounds, you know what I'm saying? 50 to 100 pounds each. Street value what by the time you sold it? It all depends, because we used to come maybe five to six people, and each person, you know what I'm saying, they would have... Right. 80 pounds, 70 pounds, 50 pounds. It all depends on the marijuana, how well the quality is, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you can get... But it's coming in. from Mexico. Yeah, it's yeah. coming straight from Mexico. And, it's, and when you say out in the desert, bales, how far out in the desert and which way would you oh, go? Oh, we were in the mountains right there by Sierra Vista. That's where I got caught in those big mountains right there. And Is that a, uh, is that a, straight a, a popular spot? Oh, yeah, it's a popular spot. Yeah, it's not just drugs. It's, they, they cross legals and yeah. everything there. Yeah. Man, I tell you what, I mean, let's face it, you see a lot of stuff today on television and shows and movies and docos and miniseries and this and that, um, but the drugs 
Easy money, right? Real, risky, but real easy. easy money. Yeah, real easy money. But you know what I'm saying? People think it's real easy, but it's it's easy if you, if think you like of, the risk. If you yeah. think about it on the long run, look at me. I've been shot 16 times. Do you think that? That well, I was going to bring that up because I'm either talking to a ghost or this is the most unusual thing. I mean, you know, listeners, if you were shot 16 times, right? Yes, sir. With a gun. 16 times. <laughs> Do you think you'd be here to talk about it? Good Lord, we're going to get on to that. But I'm just trying to understand, you know, the lure of selling stuff and... Did you have jobs offered to you? Did you try to work and go straight? Yeah, Mark, even if I did, it didn't pay nothing compared to what I could make oh, I doing the marijuana. Did, I actually did work for like a couple months, you know what I'm saying? But then at that time, I was already introduced to drugs, and mm -hmm. I started doing cocaine at the time, and well, it didn't let me go back to work after that. Okay, so we're talking about flogging drugs and the types of drugs, but smuggling it across the border, you got caught. They deported you back to Mexico. What happens here on your rap sheet? I mean, you're convicted here in America? Yes, uh, they actually deported me, and I stayed over there, went and ate some tacos, and spent my day, and I came right back. <laughs> I came right back, and then, but they didn't know I was in a, they didn't know. But I don't understand that. Friends. How can they deport you if they didn't know you I were I gave them American. a different name and a different, where I was, that I was from Mexico, so when I got caught here in Arizona, right, right. they ran my fingerprints and they ran them with the immigration. So on my paperwork, it comes out, AKA Alien, mm. and the name that I used. Okay, and and there's just no match on the fingerprints? No, they got me. That's why it comes out on my paperwork now. Okay, I see. So how reports. did they deport you? Was it first class jet or <laughs> yeah. the, the back of a truck? I'm in a transport van. Yeah, I wish they, had, they would take me in a limo. <laughs> <laughs> and where do you uh, where do you end up? What's a what's a deportation over the border? How far in? Where? I ended up right there in Nogales, Arizona. That's it, Nogales. Yeah, that's it. My dad lived right there. I got family there, so that's why I said hey, I'm I home. went and spent the day there and came back. Did you plan to come back to the States? Oh, yeah, of course. This is where my life, I grew up here, so. And when did you come back? My roots, huh? When was it you came back? How I long? Ca I came back the same day. So what happened a couple of years later then? A couple of years later, you know what I'm saying? I kept going, and I ended up over in Mexico for a, a minute, and I started using those rochas. Oh, yeah, that was Back big, then, they yeah. used to call them date rapers. Yeah, that was big. And, and I used to smuggle those, too, across the border, and one day I drank I drank a couple of them before I crossed the border, and while we were right there, I ended up hitting a Mexican cop, knocking down his transmission, and Whoa. took me to jail in Mexico, and then my dad had to go over there and, and, and get me out of there, you know, because my dad's from Mexico. When we come back to you, Adrian, I want to talk about how you shot 16 times the story. Maybe there's a little uh, movie in there or something, a short <laughs> one. Um, Cody, let's come back to you. Uh, let, let's talk about your lifestyle. I mean. How did you fall in with trap houses and selling drugs? And, and, and why did you turn to stealing and robbing houses anyway? What age were you then when this was going on? I was, like, go, I was going on 16. I, uh, I moved in with my friend's dad. I got into a disagreement with my mom. She actually caught me doing drugs at her house. And uh, so she kicked me out of her house. And uh, so I went to where I was getting the drugs from, you know. They're, at the time, it's just like I'm... I'm a kid, you know, like I got kicked out of my house because of the drugs that I got from you. And and so they took me in and it's just like uh, 
the the homie's dad didn't really care how old you were if you're staying in his house you're gonna put ends in you know you're gonna make your stay worth well worth it so that um you went into juvenile at what age for the first time did you get into juvenile and what was your what was your last internment at that age then you were 16 17 uh, yeah i was 16 16 17 okay and um you're 18 now no i'm 22 now 22 now okay but you got out well i think you only did two years wasn't it yeah, a little under. It's just with okay. It's so you're 18 then. One, okay. one bid or anything like that. It's just consecutive stays there, going in and out. In and, and out. And it, in just, and out. it all adds up, you know. It does. Yeah. So nothing's changed by 18 at this stage. Uh, well, when I turned 18, a lot changed, really. I mean, because now the whole juvenile is out of the picture. It's just now it's it's is big boy jail or whatever and even sometimes you don't even get that chance sometimes you get convicted as an adult when you're 15 you know so okay okay but 18 uh, is uh is what the legal that's yeah yeah Yeah. no more juvenile no 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 more yeah no more your parents getting called when you get caught with something or or anything like that that's all on you now yeah that day day you 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 got something to add there travis no 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 Okay, so. man. So, uh, well, you wanted to be cool and you wanted respect. Now you're in the big league, right? Yeah, now I'm in the big leagues. I'm still uh, doing uh, nothing good with my life, really. Still selling drugs. Uh, pretty, not not too long after I turned 18, I crashed my truck into the, the Air Force Base out here all drunk. And, uh, Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good time. You you were facing a pretty serious charge for domestic violence. Yeah. We're going to come back on that because yeah. uh, life hasn't been pretty good up to now, and it's going to get worse when you're facing 30 years. It's only getting better. But it's going to get better. You're listening to Nuevo Life, and it's a story about uh, incarcerated uh, people who took the wrong turn, maybe didn't get any advice, maybe no one gave a continental about love or a hug now and again or listen to me, son, or... Whatever the cause may be, and maybe it's nobody's fault but their own. Maybe they're born bad. Is there such a thing? No. Everybody's born an angel. We all are. But there are circumstances in life that make you take different roads and make different decisions. But ultimately, you own the decisions, don't you, Travis? Absolutely. It all comes back to that. You've moved on. Um, Community service at 14. Uh, then you spent a year in the Catalina School. Now, how did you get out of an 18.4-year deal? What happened there in your life? So that was, uh, you're talking my last charge. It was 88 years um, I was facing. See, drugs never entered your mind, right? Until, no. until your 18th <clears throat> birthday. I mean, that's pretty old. Yeah, I mean, I smoked weed every now and then, like, I just drugs weren't my thing. I was a I was a fighter. I was angry. You know, I didn't really drink or do much of that. Uh, it was all salts. You know. Yeah. Is it a shame nobody ever said to you, man? Come on, let me take you to a boxing gym or something. Yeah. You got yeah. potential. You know. Yeah. That 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 was uh, that's always an idea, I guess. You know, my uncle always said that too. We should have just to put you in MMA or whatever boxing right. or something. You right. know. But uh, mm-hmm. meth. Uh, Meth didn't come into my life until my 18th birthday. It was actually my birthday. We were celebrating. Um, You're all doing drugs? uh, All all doing. We were doing cocaine and uh, drinking. uh, Now, you're 18 years of age. Where'd you get the money to buy the cocaine? 
uh, friends, we were all just hanging out, and beer was there, and yeah. Coke was there. Because that always amazes me. If it's so expensive, I like to know how yeah. they get yeah. the money. <laughs> you rob some poor devil's home, or you know, his car, break a windows. What do you do to get the money? I mean, eventually, yeah, it comes you to do that. whatever. You yeah, can. Sell it. eventually yeah. it comes to when that. you get hooked on. Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah, you do whatever oh, you can. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So at twenty, you know, prison again for possession and assault. Yeah, I had a prohibited possessor um, and assault. So. Yeah, you're making wrong choices still, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. Was... And poor mom, huh? Yeah, I put her through a lot. Yeah? yeah. She's still coming to visit you and see you and talking and... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but you're breaking she... her heart, right? I definitely was. Uh, I, what I... do you think you were learning all this time? Anything? At this time, nothing. Um, and... and, and all of us men, we do have good intentions, whether it's in county or or, or uh, prison. We eventually, some of us, will see that, you know, we're hurting our family. You know, we're going to get out this time and we're going to do good. You know, we're we're going to be somebody, and and we're trapped by the drug. You know? Do people say that you genuinely mean it in your heart, mind, body, and soul? Absolutely. This time when I get out, I am going to. Stay straight. I, I, absolutely. I, I told myself that every single time I got out and, and I would do good for a month or two months. And then somehow you're uh, I take a drink of beer and then you're doing coke and then it's meth and right. then whatever. You now, know? when you're on parole and all that stuff, you're not allowed to have a beer, are you? Or no. uh, never mind drugs, right? Yeah, you're not supposed to. Yeah, absolutely. Do many guys get caught by the parolees, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm back in again. I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, not always. It's more like an addiction you need help with, huh? Yeah, and, but there's so many places that, that that try to help or want to help, but it, ultimately it becomes up to the person, that person. We're like, going to get to that because my question is we're here also to help in the way of our life. Its goal and mission is to help you guys get jobs. Absolutely. My question is if I was to employ you after you're telling me I try, I try, I'm convinced, I'm going to do the right thing no matter what, but you didn't do it again. And then... You know, why can I trust you? How can I trust you and give you a job if you let me down? No. You see what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to find out yeah. about that. But on the last big hit, 22 years you were looking at spending in a federal prison. Yes. Now, how on earth did we go from fighting, fists, <laughs> anger, some, you know, a little bit of snort and a bit of a booze up to bank fraud? So they were, man, I was on drugs. I was 18 and... Uh, stolen checks is what was who introduced you to that yeah tweakers people so-called friends you know it okay. just again so you gotta be careful who you mix with yeah right? well when you're in the drug scene it just it, it's there it's you're put in front of it and and then you're an idiot because you're high and you think that it's the smart thing to do you know and it's not it's definitely not but you don't really see that when you're high yeah you had to wear an ankle monitor for two years yeah yeah how bad is this thing? Ankle monitor, it's it's not fun. <laughs> it's definitely not fun. Um, they've upgraded since since I was on it. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a bit different, but nowadays it's uh, definitely GPS, and, and they can track every movement, which for some it's good. Yep. You know? For some it is good. Right. You know, it keeps that, uh, I, get, I don't want to say leash, but it keeps that leash on you. You know, It keeps you on a tight leash. Makes you think twice? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you didn't have it on? Would you go places that uh, could get you down on the downward spiral again? Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, now you did try to go straight, big time. Okay, moved to Texas. 
with your new wife and two sons. How did you meet your wife and where during all I'm this time? I actually met her in elementary school. Um, so, ah, yeah. so it's a school love life. Yeah, huh? yeah, I knew her um, from elementary uh, all the way through, and we got together in junior high. So she's been, she was, we're not together now, but she was with me um, through a lot of this headache. Okay. You know, eventually, enough got enough. You know, she's yeah. Well, in and out yeah. of prison all the time. People but. can only take so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you went to Texas really to avoid bad influences too. You know. Yeah. yeah. You ended up spending two years for credit card abuse. Yep. And possession yeah. again in Texas. Yep. I uh, credit card abuse. What happens there? <sighs> so up there, there's a lot different rules. Uh, the, they're a little bit tighter shift, um, but having somebody's debit card and using it whether it's gas or a friend or not it's right you're you're not on that so they're going to charge me plus i had priors you know they didn't they don't care so it was easy for them to throw away and just you know get out of here you're just another felon you know just another felon yeah dear oh dear oh dear just are you another felon Corey? are you just another felon uh no i, I, I wouldn't say i am okay what would you say you are a guy that just got caught up in the mix. Wrong place, wrong time. Well, that could mean I got caught because I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Or do you mean perhaps I wish I'd never gone down that road? Yeah. Uh, well, like like Travis said earlier, I wouldn't change anything I've went through at all. I think it kind of built me the, uh, the person I am. Kind of going through stuff at a young age builds character. Kind of develops you as a maybe a more solid adult if you look at it in the right way and how old are you now 22 22 years of age you realize that's still super young right? super young yeah. your life hasn't even started <laughs> hasn't has it? started yeah <laughs> okay you've got to tell me why i'd hire you why would i hire you with all you've done you say you've learned but what have you learned learn that this is it, it gets old fast living like this uh with the kind of like a uh like eyes on your back, you know. You, I don't want to live uh, the rest of your life like this. Yeah, it gets old. Yeah, you can say whatever you want to say, man. This is an open out. show, you know. I'm 22, but I feel like I'm 30, you know. So how did Travis come into your life? Uh, I got uh, I got placed into a halfway house uh, after my sister died, and uh, about week two weeks after going there, he he took over the program and. Uh, just kind of at the at the time I was just giving up. It was really just well. You were facing at one stage an eight to twenty seven year sentence for domestic violence, right? Yeah, that's what. Okay. That's what the charges were. Are we going to say the drugs uh, are what uh, instigated the domestic violence? Uh, I I think that they had a little bit of it. I think, uh, but the the occurrence wasn't because of drugs. Mm-hmm. The situation didn't happen because of drugs, but I don't think drugs helped the situation. Well, you're not married, and you weren't married. No. No? Felt like so it was a girlfriend, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And um, usually... My first it's, love. Well, hey, yeah. it usually starts with an argument of some sort. Yeah. Right? Or... Well, she, was, she was pretty physical. She liked the... She was high at the time. I got her all coked out, and uh-huh. it turned her into a maniac. And Okay, so at the end of the day, we come right back around again to the drugs, like I said, right? Yeah. So the drugs had a lot to do with that particular thing, yeah? Whichever yeah. way you look at it. You know, it pays to be honest. If you look back now, you must say to yourself, surely, Cody, gee, you know, I was really into that chick. She, I liked her a lot. We had a lot. And we had fun when we were straight, maybe. 
you know, it's a shame it ended up like that. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. He, he still talks about her too. I still talk yeah, about her. Yeah. He still talks about her. Oh, well, first love, man. That's the way it is. So uh, you came out, and then you met. Uh, now let's talk about this. You, you you're in, you're in prison, okay? And uh, what was your what was your last stretch? What were you doing? Uh, not prison. I was in jail. I was in the county jail. The county jail. Let's not call prison. No. No. Okay. We're going to get done with some of these terminologies for those that don't know. Um, Prison is one thing, I guess. That's the hard time. That's the real. Yeah. That's the big game. Yep. Okay. When you're in uh, jail, right? Um, so you're wait, waiting, waiting sentencing, or you County just jail. got sentenced to okay. a right. certain amount. You do your prison time. Or in your case, you did jail. Yeah. All right. What are you thinking about when I get out? Where am I going to live? Yeah. Okay. Do I still have uh, family to go to? Can I live with them, or am or am I on my own? What am I going to do? Yeah, that, that definitely runs through your head. Um, at the time, I only had my mom out here. Like I said, I moved out here with her, so she's really the only family that I had out here at the time. I what about the guy, though? Now. What about the guy that moved you out here with your mom? He'd gone now? Oh, yeah, he was out of the picture about three years in. Okay. Yeah. And that happens to a lot of guys, too, whenever they get out. They, Is that right, Travis? They, they don't have nobody. You know, they don't have nothing. You know, he was lucky enough to have his mother, but mm -hmm. really is it the best place for him. She couldn't handle you back yeah. home again, I really. Was, I was in a tent in her backyard Yeah, when I See, got out. Okay. I wasn't even in her house. Her, okay. her boyfriend didn't trust me. So, uh, in a tent in the backyard. Yeah. All righty, but you did that. Now, do that. how do you move from a tent then to meet a Travis with a halfway house, as it's called? I've, uh, my sister had passed, and I I, uh, I dropped dirty for alcohol. I drank uh, while uh, the day after the funeral, I drank a little bit. and uh, You I were pretty depressed for it? You were pretty oh, yeah. depressed That's on, my on sister. the funeral? That's yeah. the only sister I got. And yeah. I'm left without her. And was she always kind to you and nice to you? Yeah, she was my best right. friend. She was up. your best friend gone. So, hey, I don't blame you having a drink, but uh, pretty sad about that. And uh, what happened then? What was the next move? Uh, he came to me in knucklehead. Well, who yeah. put who put you on to Travis, for instance? Well, you're in a, you're in a tent at the moment my, in the backyard. Yeah, my probation officer put me in the halfway house, and. Travis was a part of the halfway house. He's part of the program over there. So I kind of, you know, we just, we linked up, we clicked off. Uh, mm -hmm. I, well, the first day I met him, we actually kind of butted heads. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, ever, ever since then, we've just been, you know, right on it. So who's this mysterious Travis people who I listening would say, well, what's he do? We're going to talk about it in a moment and the wonderful work he does do. But I want to come back to uh, Adrian because he's still, he's not dead yet. He's only had 16 <laughs> bullets in him. How did that come about, bro? Well, you know what I'm saying? I was shot 16 times. It was in three different occasions. You know what I'm saying? When you're dealing drugs and stuff, people are out to get you. Who? Enemies. It could be the, other dealers. It could be other dealers. It could be people just trying to rob you. It could be dope. It fiends. could be dope fiends. It could be even the police. You knew all this when, oh, yeah. when you took it on, though. Oh yeah, yeah. I grew up around it. You know what I'm saying? My okay. whole life. And and so, so what sort of dough could you make in a day or a week? What sort of real money? Oh, you can make up to hundreds of thousands in a day. You know what I'm saying? What was your highest you ever made? Me, I bought my own house when I was 19 years old. Drug money. Forty-five thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? Really? And that was much. the best money you'd ever earned. 
at all at once. You know what I'm saying? You risked your life and got shot 16 times, different occasions, because the money was good. Yeah, the money was real good. You but know you didn't think saying? you could do anything else, right? Well, I, I, I knew I could do other stuff. I just didn't want to be wasting my time and so where work are you hard at? for it. So, so why now? What's changed? What when now? you've earned that sort of money. Now, I've earned good money, but legally, and it's been very difficult to go back to RS money again. You know what I mean? I can understand that. But what do you do from this when you've been as high as what you have? Excuse yeah, with, the pun. But With me, it's just that I got so tired of it. Having people looking over my shoulder all the time, look trying to kill me. That does me, weigh you down? Trying to kill, kill me and just ward out, you know what I'm saying? And going to prison all the time and ha having anybody there for me, you know what I'm saying? My wife left me, you know what I'm saying? The only uh -huh. one that was there for me was my my mom, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when, and when and you're young like that and you're, right. you're doing those types of things that's the normal life that's what you've been shown and that's what you're doing it's, it's sort of like it's really all you know yeah absolutely you know so. and, and and you count on those people because they're your buds yeah or, yeah and you're in the game you know it it must be exceptionally hard to break that pattern and like i said earlier you know what i'm saying you know? when i was younger i used to play cops and robbers and i was always right. a robber. <laughs> <laughs> what what's the most frustrating thing for you do you think with the whole Domestic violence incident uh, that you went through, Adrian. Well, my incident was this. My domestic violence was with my daughter. You know what I'm saying? She had barely turned 18. She was about to graduate, and she tried to come home with a 50 year old man, 49 year old man. You know what I'm saying? Trying to introduce me to him like if she was that was her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, you know what I'm saying? It took hit me and it got me angered. You know what I'm saying? And I told her was right was the gentleman Hispanic. I didn't even get to meet him because I told him if he would bring him to my house that I was going to shoot him. You know what I'm saying? And with my background, my daughter called the cops on me. Hey, my dad's going to kill my husband, my boyfriend. And Well, so I, I feel for you on that. I mean, it's very hard. It's ridiculous. How ridiculous. old is she? Ridiculous. She, she barely had turned 18 when all this Barely 18 with a 49-year-old man. Still in high school. People, uh, still in high school. Still in People high school. could say, hey, it's her own life. It's her own business. Uh-uh. I think a dad would want to have something to say here. Yeah, you know, as a father, you're as a gonna... father, you know what I'm saying, and, and and I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm not saying the courts are wrong or whatever. So it's you just... got into a blue with her, an argument, all right? What yeah, happened? With an argument with her. Then she what? Was... She I, called your names, maybe. I threatened her. I threatened her. I said, if you bring that guy to my house, he's gonna end up dead. You know what I'm saying? And just from there, with my background. But did you mean that when you think about it? At the moment, I did. At that time. Because she's my little princess. That's my only daughter. You know uh -huh, what I'm saying? So it, got, uh -huh. it hit me real hard. But like, you could have got a life. Yeah, I was looking at 35 years right now just for this domestic violence with my daughter because all the stuff I've been through. So what did you do? Like you weighed into priors. her, did you? Huh? You weighed into her. Is that it? She kept arguing with you, called your names, and you what? Slapped her around? Oh, no, no, I didn't even slap her or nothing. In Tucson, I, just, I threatened her, yeah. and, and I broke the window in my house. And she but you up, never laid a hand I on her. I never laid a hand on her, so they got me for domestic violence. No, if somebody's called, if the cops are called on a domestic violence, it doesn't matter. Somebody has to go to jail and be charged with it. Nobody has to be hit. You could be yelling and screaming. Uh, I don't agree with that. You could just That's, break her phone in this domestic violence. It's a domestic yeah, violence. I don't know if I agree with that, to be honest with you. I think that one needs looking and at. And that's the reason you I'm put, You lay a hand on it, it's another story, you know. Yeah. But I think if you walk in the backyard and smash your own bloody window in or do something or other, but, you know. And, and one thing I did do, uh, that's maybe another thing that they did put me on IPS because I did got in an argument with my, with my with my wife, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and she was trying to, yeah, it was yeah. over the same thing and she yeah. tried to hold me. She didn't want to let me leave because I told her, you know what, I'm leaving then. 
I'm leaving. She just didn't want to let me leave, so she got on the doorway. And I did grab from the neck to tell her to move, to throw her, and I ended up scratched because one of my hands don't work right? because I got shot on my arm. Mm -hmm. So I had the nails long at the time because yes. I can't cut them. So I ended up this scratching her there, but it wasn't nothing like a slap or a hit. It was just because she was getting on the doorway and I was trying to get out of the house because I was so pissed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She wouldn't let me leave. Did you try and find out where this guy lived, who he was? No. I ended up going to jail that same night. Same night. My daughter called the cops when I was sleeping. and they Was she sorry she did it? I haven't spoken to them. Since then? Since that incident. And how many years ago was that? It was just last year. Okay, but it must weigh you down. You'll have every chance. I think about my, my wife and my daughter, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Of course I do. Yeah, but with your daughter, you know, if you had it all over again, what you'd like to say to her, you know? Surely she realizes you were just trying to protect her. That I love her, and I was just trying to protect my princess. Yeah, but even so. So why would any uh, potential employer take a chance on you, Adrian? Well, I've, I've really changed a lot. As you can see, my little story, you know what I'm saying? I've been through a lot, and it's just I got tired of the lifestyle. I got tired of being in prison, tired of looking over my shoulders. I got tired of people not wanting to hang around with me because of the way I was. I was carrying guns and dope mm -hmm. and someone look at me ugly. Did, did, did prison do anything for you inside? Inside it just, I don't know. I guess in my mentality it made me stronger, but it just wore me out. Like You weren't convinced sad. by other prisoners to go crook when you got out and be, Oh, I always you know. that. Because that happens, doesn't and it? And to this oh, day yeah. I, hang, I see people and, and, and people that I know and, I just try to stay away from them, and I tell them straight out, you know, I'm I'm, all, I'm over this already. I'm mm -hmm. not, I'm retired. I don't do none of this no more. I don't want to know. From me. Get away yeah. from you. Besides, uh, you're not allowed to mix with them, are you? Nah, nah. We don't really. We can't mix around with them because we're on IPS and stuff like that. But you know, you see them when you go to the store or something, and hey, you're always gonna run into. Yeah, you end up running into people that you yeah. know. Twenty nine years of age, Travis. Uh, you got charged with chop shop. What's that? Knocking off cars and, and yeah, fixing them up so you could resell them. Stealing them and cutting out, cutting them up. How old were you? Twenty nine. I was twenty nine. That's man, you hadn't R learned up till then, huh? Yeah. You were bonded out seven days and seven felonies later, which included gun charges. What on earth happened there? Yeah, I got bonded out and um and 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 I was a drug addict. So in my mind, mm -hmm. I'm gonna commit a more another felony to help pay for a lawyer because I was planning on they they were gonna. Mm -hmm. Send me away for a while. I've been doing this for a long time and, and in and out of prison, in and out of county. Yeah. So they were, they were going to be fed up. So in my head. Which is totally drug whacked. And you're yeah, not, you're not yeah, thinking straight yeah, at yeah, all, you right? Go, go commit another felony so you can get some money and then you do it. And that's it's what to I pay the lawyers. Did. Now, when you say seven days and seven felonies. So I came back. So I got bonded out. And seven days later, I was arrested for seven more felonies. Which that you committed in that week? That, that I committed. How do they know it was you? I got caught. Oh, well, fair enough then. Yeah. You were looking at some pretty serious long time. Yeah, I was... Uh, 88 years. 88 years, yes. Uh, th from being on bond in the chop shop and my priors. Boy, oh um, boy, oh boy. They were, they were done. They were fed up. Uh, You're in county for 10 months. You created more sober days. Yes, more sober days. It was to... I went to... They have programs in there, and, and they were 
stupid. They were they they weren't helping nobody. It was basically just mm-hmm. sitting around and doing nothing in county jail. And it, to me, it wasn't doing. Yeah, we're going to do another show should. another day about this and what goes on inside and the waste of time yeah. and what could be done. You'd prefer to be working, right? Yeah, and get absolutely. paid for the damn yeah. thing. Anyway, the bottom line here is, mate. To um, uh, you did the two and a half years, and um, you got out of that real good because mum stepped up again and got the best of the best for you, right? The hired help, and uh, you she were very, did. very fortunate. You were blessed in a lot of ways, Travis. But you got out. You stayed clean. You washed dishes for two years. Yes. While and I was you, on IPS. Yeah, and you did it, and you stuck with it no matter what. Yeah. Demeaning job to a degree for some. You yeah. did it, and you were determined. This was the first big thing for you. Then your aunt introduced you to an ex-con that owned a halfway house. He gave you a shot. He hired you, uh, and from then on, miracles have been happening. Tell us what you do and what you run and how you help our friends coming out of jail so, and out of prison. Um, yes, I get men from county to prison to uh, off the streets. Um, anybody, anybody that needs help, um, I feel deserve a chance because I've been in their shoes. So I will um, give them a place. Uh, of course, they got to pay. They they got to help them find a job if they need a job. Um, mentor them. Um, Cody Willingham and a couple of my guys. They'll they'll. That's what I do. You know if if. I can relate, and and if they got they want somebody to talk to, I'm there. You know, if they want to call me in the middle of the night, they can call me. You know, and 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 I'll help with whatever I can, whether it's a ride to probation, whether it's whatever it is. Uh, I'm gonna do my best to to complete it to help these men change. So, and the first step was always the job. The job held people holds people back so much do any of them come out cody were you ever thinking that you'd like to learn a trade maybe when you got out uh yeah i not necessarily when i got out but uh i've kind of already had my mindset on a on a couple traits i'd like to do okay so first thing is first though you had to live somewhere right you got to be able to afford to live yeah, you got to be established. You got to be established and be able to do and go try and go from there, right? Yeah. And have you tried the old door knocking, Adrian? Have you tried to go to people for jobs and uh, once you show them your past, it's no. Yeah. Yeah, it's just automatically. You know, they see me with tattoos and stuff like that sometimes. And mm-hmm. Just, yeah, tats are difficult, just, and, but these days, I mean, even girls are wearing tats everywhere, and they can go and put them on in an afternoon. Oh, yeah, but the prison, but it's still prison tattoos are different than street yeah. tattoos. Yeah, they look a little different. Okay. But um, you've had the experience is what I want to know, what I'm getting at is, of trying to do the right thing and get a job, okay? Get a job and just stay straight. Oh, yeah. And try and have a nice Nuevo New life, and I recommend people to do that. You know okay, what I'm is I, my whole life changed after all that. I met Travis here. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying my PO sent me there with him, and he helped me out a lot. Travis, how the these they call what a halfway house? Yeah, or transitional living. Transitional living, yeah. and what else are they called? Um, they call them. They, they have. Is like, it a, it's not affordable. No, 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 affordable. That's, that's a separate else. mix again, right? Because yeah, some people said, oh, well, yeah, well, that's affordable you, living. No, it's not. They also call them like sober living. Um, okay. So, so they have different. And the sober represents drugs or booze. Yeah, yeah. Not just booze, yeah, right? Because I, okay. I, I firmly believe in no drugs on my facility at all, period. Okay. So, so you're, like, you're like a manager, really. 
Yeah, the, a director. A director, a director a pro- like a project director. Yeah, yeah. So a particular establishment is a project, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And these different projects are what? Uh, they could be, uh, well, how many rooms? Or how many apartments? Is that how it works? Yeah, so, well, it depends on the facility you have. Um, this one is it's an apartment complex, uh, mm-hmm. and I got 13 apartments, and the men will come in, and, and whether or not probation, parole, I usually try to keep them separate because they got different mentalities, but, you know, mm-hmm. it just depends. So there's about four or five guys in each room. Okay. And it can be... Uh, single family like residential houses too now i have a step-up program um that that uh, i'll help them get into an apartment okay um after 90 days i try to get them because that's another big thing is that nobody will rent to us and that's actually what travis did for me I yeah, lived, he's a I, he, he got me an right, apartment and right. i live by myself now like i said life's good i live good now See, i met travis it's all because you have a chance yeah now man, if you I'm didn't have that and you never had that living i would have never had my apartment what, what would you do you'd be in the street the car or you'd hang Probably out be at my mom's hanging out in the front yard mm. with all the Drug addicts around there selling drugs. A vicious cycle. Same, go same back, back life. Same, same, old, same, back, same life. My credit to you all, guys. You got guts, and I wish you all the luck in the world. And I thank you for being in our inaugural show and telling it like it is. We want anybody listening who's thinking of going down any track that Cody went down, Adrian, Travis, for that matter, think twice. What would you tell them, Cody, in, in closing the show now for our first one, winding up? Um, what's your little piece of advice, mate? Uh, if I'm giving advice to the younger crowd, I'd say just don't grow up too fast. Kind of take advantage of being uh, a kid. You only, you only get it once, so don't ruin it getting high. And you, Adrian? Well, what I would like to say to people is, come on, guys. You know what I'm saying? It's We're getting older here. This ain't the life to be living. This Life is very good. You just got to get a hold of it. Don't let the drug get a hold of you. And drive us. Love life and, and, and love people. And it's great. Whenever you're on the right track, it's just love it. Love it. If you'd like to get in touch with... Uh Travis Moore, by all means, um, you can uh, go to uh, this platform where you're hearing the show. It's TucsonBusinessRadioX.com. And uh, there is a uh, a voicemail recorder on the front of the site. And uh, I'll get your message, and I'll make sure Travis contacts you. In the interim, thanks a lot. Thanks for staying with us, and thanks for helping out. And the very first Nuevo Life, and we'll be back soon. Any comments? Questions or suggestions for Nuevo Life can be left on the web voicemail recorder on TucsonBusinessRadioX.com. Thank you for your support.